Welcome back to another episode of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League, presented by 78 Sports. Owen Shatterk here, Matt Ferreira there. Matt, we had a busy week this week, specifically in the draft. Yes, we did. It was great to see a bunch of names that are familiar and seem go to great teams. Yeah, you talk about names. I have the list of names here, and I'm going to read them out for you because I know that's all you want. Matt, specifically you, is that's what you want, is for me to list out these names. I've been waiting. Let's do it. We had our we have a new record for highest picked futures leaguer, and it goes to Matt Shaw, who got drafted 14th overall to Chicago Cubs. He played for the Worcester Bravehearts in 2020. Jake Geloff, former Brock Rock, went in the second round. Jerron Watts Brown, also of the Rocks, went in the third round. Hunter Owen, formerly of the Nashua Silver Knights, went in the fourth round. Justin Reamer from Brockton shortly after him. Chris Clark from Vermont. Coleman Picard from Worcester. Tommy Hawk from Vermont. Sam Mongelli from Brockton. Dakota Harris from Worcester. Brandon Garcia from Westfield. Brady Day from Nashua. Elijah Dale from Westfield. Jackson Hornung, our batting champion last year from Westfield. Mark Coley from Pittsfield, Westfield, and New Britain. He is a three-year veteran of the Futures League. He went in the 17th round. Alec Baker of Westfield, Zach Fogel of Vermont, Ben Shields, Cade Kretzmar, and Peter Burns all signed as free agents. Shields from Brockton, Cade Kretzmar, and Peter Burns, formerly of North Shore. Congratulations to all of those guys on getting drafted. An incredible accomplishment uh, by those guys, and it's great to see so many more Futures Leaguers getting their name called and being able to play pro ball, Matt. Yeah, it was amazing to watch all these players have their dreams come true and having their name get called and the phone calls and seeing the videos of that. It's an amazing experience just to see from the sidelines. Yeah, it's great. And there's so many guys in the Futures League this year that could be the future of that draft. And we'll talk about some of those guys who are having incredible years here as we approach the All-Star break, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Don't you worry. I know you were worried about that, but don't you worry. Anyway. Currently leading the league in average is Dean Ferrara of the Norwich Unicorns. He's hitting 450 and 109 at-bats. He's got 22 RBIs. Tyler Bastunas is the league leader in pretty much everything else. He's got 24 RBIs. He's got 25 walks, which is insane. 32 stolen bases broke the Worcester Braveheart single-season record the other night on Nesson. Shout-out to the Vermont Lake Monsters and Worcester Bravehearts for representing us on Nesson the other night. Vermont ends up winning that on an RBI triple in the 10th. So congratulations to Lake Monsters and good job by Paul Lambert and Brett Chaves on the broadcast. Uh, it was great to see. Nick Searcy continues to do his thing for Westfield. He has 85 home runs. No, he's got nine home runs, um, which is another single season, which is another franchise record. On the pitching side of things, Evan Maloney is your league leader in ERA at 1.82 for the Vermont Lake Monsters. So, guys, keep it up. Maybe they'll hear their names drafted in a couple of years, and it's great to see. Matt, what teams are doing well? Give me a little standings update. And you talked about that Nesson game. Vermont's win put them into a first-place tie with the Worcester Bravehearts, both at 28 and 14. Amazing records so far. And not one, not two, but three straight. That's what we call a winning streak for the Norwich Sea Unicorns up in third place. New Britain is in fourth at 25 and 18. Westfield's won two in a row in just two games under 500. Pittsfield, 
16-23. And then to wrap up the bottom is the Nashua Silver Knights and the Brockton Rocks. Did you say Brockton Rocks? I did. We have a Brockton Rock on this podcast episode. Owen McHugh of the Brockton Rocks, pitcher. He was the MIAA Player of the Year at Milton High School and is, was a Brockton Rock this summer. He joins us for Episode 8 of this season. Talks a lot about his first year as a Brockton Rock. He will be a freshman at Williams College, so it's great to hear pers- his perspective as a guy who's just joining the Futures League, just joining that college competition on the mound. For sure. It's great to see the insight that we hear a lot about in the competition upscale from high school to college. So it's great to see how he's been navigating that. Yeah, it'll be great to see. We'll get you that interview in a minute. But first, a couple of scheduling notes for you guys. Here, we are recording this on Friday, July 14th. On two, on Monday, excuse me, July 24th, we have the first day of our two-day All-Star festivities in Burlington, Vermont. It's coming up. It's faster than you think. By the time we see you next, we'll have an All-Star Game special ready for you. We're very excited to record that. Burlington, Vermont, CJ Knudsen and company is ready for Futures League fans' arrival. They've got a lot of great things planned. Uh, Once again, that is Monday, July 24th, and Tuesday, July 25th. We look forward to seeing everybody there. Tickets can be found on the Vermont Lake Monsters website. We also have three more Nesson games on the next three Thursdays here in July and the first week of August. You don't want to miss those. And if you only have Nesson or you don't have Nesson and you still want to watch Futures League games, there's always a way to do that. With the FCBL Network, week pass $10, month pass $30, full season pass $99. I'd buy the full season pass because we still got a full season left. Absolute bargain. Absolute bargain right now. Don't buy the month pass. That's that's a ripoff. That's false advertising. No, I'm just kidding. But Owen McHugh is our episode for this week. Stay tuned next week for our all-star game special. And anything else, Matt? No, sir. I think it's time for Mr. Owen McHugh, the MIAA Player of the Year and Brockton Rock. Here is Owen McHugh. We now welcome on our next guest here on Back to the Futures. He is spending the year before the summer before his freshman year with the Brockton Rocks as he is heading to Williams College in the fall. It is Owen McHugh. Owen, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? We're doing well, man. And we'll get started here right off the bat. You were going in your freshman year at Williams College, but your first stop before that is Brockton with the Brockton Rocks. What has your first uh, Futures League experience been like this summer? Uh, yeah, it's been great. Um, just kind of like getting into, well, first of all, just like the college experience, getting some some innings in against really good batters. That, uh, it's been really big. So that will help me going into the, this upcoming spring. I'll have an edge on some of the other freshmen as well as um, just being some some new guys, some really good ball players. And you talk about that college experience. This is your first time pitching in front of college-level talent with guys from D1 to D3 spread around the league. What's it like to face the new competition? Uh, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a lot harder. Um, it's a learning curve for sure, but uh, I think the wood bat helps a little bit. You know, you're not getting a lot of strikeouts, but they're not barreling everything up into the gap, so um they're definitely making contact though they're they're very good hitters so it's uh it's been a learning curve but you know I'm, it's just been fun yeah that's always good and i don't know did your coach talk to you at all before you went to brockton about the opportunity to face competition like that uh yeah he told me it would, it would just like it's just 
I think, yeah, my high school coach was telling me that it would just, like, give me a huge edge going into freshman year. Um, obviously, jumping from high school hitters where it's just, like, not everyone's fully into it, and they may not be – they may be some skinny freshmen. You know, they're not built. And uh, just all these guys are just massive, and they're just – you know, they're hitting hours on hours every day, and they're all fully committed. So it's definitely just, like, kind of helps transition, I think. Yeah, and obviously we talk about the competition, but yourself personally, how have you felt on the mound this summer? You're sporting a three seven three ERA, striking out thirteen batters and twenty one in a in a two thirds innings. How have you felt so far this summer? I felt pretty pretty good. Um, definitely getting hit around more than in high school, but we have a good defense behind us, so it's just been I feel like just like the culture. All these guys are really good ball players. It's just uh just been a fun experience and it's been helpful, definitely. And you've talked about the strikeouts a little bit and how guys aren't striking out as much and you might be inducing more contact. Is there a bigger difference that you've noticed in your style of pitching moving into the futures league, either using more off speed pitches or trying to use that contact to your advantage to go deeper into games? Um, so for our team, like we didn't have a lot of pitching. Like a lot of pitchers had like hit their limits. So our coach wanted like three pitchers in the batter to be out of the box. So we were just pounding the zone with fastballs mainly. I think my first like seven, eight innings, I only threw fastballs. And I didn't really have a well-developed curveball, so I didn't want to throw that. But I had a pretty good changeup. So um, it's kind of a lot of fastballs, though. Not I wasn't really going to the off-speed as much. And from the specifics when you're on the mound to maybe lessons that you've learned off the mound, what are the biggest things that you've been taught or that you've learned coming out of this summer and that you're going to bring back to school with you? Um, definitely just like, I would say just pound the strike zone. Walks are going to be killer because some of these guys can really run. So you, you walk them or you like, you mess around like O2 and come hit them inside. Like, that's going to hurt you. They're going to steal. They're going to bond and get a sack fly because there's no easy outs. They're going to get jobs done. So I think just staying in the strike zone and just competing and have fun. I think that's the biggest thing for me. And one thing about the Futures League is the amount of exposure that you get to guys who have already played pro ball or major league scouts who are scouting for pro ball. So what is it like to get be able to play in front of major league scouts at some of your games and be able to play in front of coaches uh, around the futures league who have played uh in the minor leagues and then in the major leagues as well yeah it's definitely cool i um think both of our coaches played um professional baseball or two of the three and uh, they just like they've been there and they know what it takes and coach slogan's like all over just like being accountable and being on time and just like just hustling while you're there so it's kind of, they know what it takes and it's just, it's been cool. And we're almost halfway through the summer coming up on the all-star break and we still got a lot of time left, but what have you learned in your first year in the league that you would pass on to anyone that would want to play in the futures league down the line? Uh, I would say um, something I learned would be that, uh, Others are, are willing to help. Like some of these older guys 
they are willing to help with anything you ask in terms of advice for college or in terms of just like pitching grips, anything that if you want to get better, they're willing to help you. Everyone here is competing and they want to get better. They want the best for the team and just it's a friendly environment and the guys are cool. So it's just, just a fun time. I love that for sure. It is an amazing experience, especially when you start to get close and the more and more into the summer and the team gels and get to get used to everybody instead of just walking in every day and seeing a new face. But for you personally, as a pitcher, you obviously have to start and come out of the pen as everybody does in their career. Which one do you prefer and why? Uh, I like starting because, like, you know when your day is and you can, like, prepare it. I mean, you want to prepare every day, like you're pitching anyways, but it's just like different. You're locked in from start to finish instead of maybe you're in the bullpen, just like talking to some of the guys, you're watching the game, but all of a sudden you just get a call and you're like, you're going in like two batters. It's just, it's just a different like mindset. So I like starting, but whatever helps the team, gotta do. Yeah, it's definitely a whole different game just in the sense of warming up two, three times in the bullpen versus once to go along you're starting. So, And whether you're starting or in the pen, the pitching arsenal is pretty much the same. So we've asked a number of guys this season, and I'll ask you two, what is in your pitching arsenal and what's your favorite pitch to throw and why? Um, so I got fastball changeup, and then I've kind of mixed between curveball and slider because like, I had some – some issues in the bullpen this spring. So I kind of stopped the breaking balls because I didn't need as much in high school. But, um, you know, they're both not great, if I'm going to be honest. But I went curveball last game, and once I get settled in, it, it works pretty well. So uh, that's probably – I'd say my fastball is my favorite pitch, though, for sure. Yeah, and there's importance in just even having a third pitch. Like, even if it's not amazing, just – throwing off vision of the batters. Yeah, for sure. You don't want people sitting on a one-two pitch mix. It's not, it's not a good recipe. Yeah, you got to mix it up. Got to keep them on their toes for sure. Hold on. We'll get right back to Back to the Futures. But first, we want to share a message from our friends at 78 Sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in New England. Not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up very quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and a net, or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. And I've used their stuff before. I've seen their facilities. They definitely cover everything. The team at 78 Sports design and install hundreds of at-home and commercial sports training facilities. So let them help you find the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, the number eight, sports.com. For a limited time only, by just mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. And we talked about the Futures League, but now let's talk about school. You're at Williams College. I want to ask, what led you to Williams College? What was the recruitment process like there? Uh, so my high school football coach reached out to their quarterback coach at the time, and um, he was just came to a couple of scrimmages. So I was talking, about, communicating with him on the phone all the time. Then I went up for like a visit, and I, 
during a football game and I liked it. So it was just like the coaches were, they were really communicating a lot. They liked me a lot and I liked them there. It was pretty good fit. So kind of just run with that. I got to play football and baseball. So, so I'm happy. But, and you talk about football and baseball at, and you're going to Williams, which is at the division three level. What attracted you to Williams and the division three level? Uh, just, I think it's very competitive, like the NESCAP league itself. You know, I have a teammate going there for football and I know some of, like I was playing with Ozzy Fleischer and Brockton, he's telling me the top guys are like, their starters are all nineties, like low nineties, you know, it's, it's very competitive. So, you know, I get to play both and it's, you know, I do what I love. So happy. So you just touched on it. You're playing both baseball and football at Williams, which is which is insane. That's a big commitment. So num- for, before we get into that deeply, what led you to that decision to play both? Was that a recruitment thing, or were you always meant to play one over the other? Uh, when I was younger, I always wanted to play football, but I never really got a shot in high school until senior year. So I uh, just like obviously no coaches are gonna like are gonna want me then. So um, it's just kind of like a late thing and. We had a good season, so um, had a fun time, and I wanted to keep it keep it rolling. And how do you plan on balancing being a two sport athlete in college? Uh, yeah, it's definitely gonna be a big commitment in terms of like weight room, like keeping my studies up, and trying to like be on both teams and like try to carve out a role freshman year on both teams. But they have a guy there that does it already and another coming in with me that's going to do it, football and baseball. So I'll I'll get crew there and we'll be able to just like grind and get our work in. Yeah, that'll be a grind for sure. And obviously playing multiple sports, you're going to take things from each sport and bring them to another one. So what lessons or skills can you take from football and bring to the baseball diamond or vice versa when you're playing baseball that you can bring to the gridiron? I think leadership and like communication. I mean, I'm communicating with like all sorts of coaches all the time. Like whether I like, I have to do a workout for football like the next day. I'm always talking to our coaches and just like different types of groups in the football locker room, like positions. I think that's a huge piece of communication. And in terms of like skills, I'm a quarterback and I play shortstop and pitch. So like just a lot of throwing, all different slots. I just feel like the multi-sport aspects like allows me to like kind of like not like Patrick Mahomes obviously but throw on the run and kind of like have a different vision for the game more creativity and you've already talked about how much of a grind it is to be a one sport athlete never mind a two and you you're going to have a bunch of guys to look up to like you said you have a few people that are are already two-way athletes at Williams but how essential is it to get the proper recovery for your arm being both a quarterback shortstop and a pitcher? Yeah, definitely. Um, my high school coach did a really good job this year. Kind of, he's always asking me, he wants me to be as honest as possible. And he's always being extra safe, whether I'm like, ah, like I feel all right. He'll just be like, all right, you're just resting for the day. You know, I think I haven't been doing a lot of like recovery in the past, but I started this year with PT for my shoulders. So I have some exercises and ice and rest. I think that's really what I've been going off of, but definitely it takes some time off in between sports because they're different motions. And that would 
Yeah, it's not good for the arm. Yeah, you got to keep that arm, you know, ready to go. <laughs> Switching over from sports, you yeah. don't want to waste that. And that's good that you're doing the PT and the exercises. And obviously, you know, you're, you know, you're going into Williams, you're going to the college game, so it's it's extra important to keep that, keep that healthy. And from college to high school, you had an incredible high school career, but the cherry on top was you being named the MIAA Player of the Year for 2023. What did that mean to you? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big honor. Um, I think it's – I'm happy I can, like, take it on for, like, my coaches and teammates because we all put a lot of work in together, and I think we have Milton High as the best coaching staff in the state, and I, I truly believe that's a big reason why we had all of our success. So, um, you know, playing with the Rocks and all these freshmen, they're incredible players. It's just an honor to be named among and like the top players. So just happy with that. And you touched on it, the success of, with you and with your coaches and that success all came together when Milton High won back-to-back championships this past season. What did it mean to you to obviously win that award on top of being a champion and how important was it for you to be part of that? Yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience, definitely. Um, just our motto in playoffs is just one more day at the yard with the boys. Like, it's everything you do is for the team and Milton High. And it's just our goal was always to to win the last game of the year and to, like, put away, like, we fully committed to it at the beginning of the year. You made some sacrifices along the way, and for it to pay off is just huge for the you know, for everyone, I'm just happy. So happy with our team. And we saw you in your outing strike out 11 while throwing 115 pitches. How did that take a toll on you mentally and physically? I mean, I was so locked in that game. I I didn't know that was my 115th pitch. So when Coach Morris, he was walking up to me, I was just like a little bit confused. Like I never thought I was coming out of that game. Especially, I feel like I was keeping my pitch count down up to that point where I, I could throw the full game. I never really came out early, so I was not expecting that. So it wasn't really taking a toll on me. Like, I was giving it my all that game. I was emptying the tank. It's funny because even when I pitch, whenever, like, someone comes out to me and tells me, oh, or I'll go in the dugout and be like, oh, what's my pitch count? And it's always, like, 15, 20 pitches higher than what I'm thinking. Like, yeah. always. Uh-huh. And – how do you personally balance the pressure knowing that you have to deliver for your team? Uh, I think it takes kind of the pressure off when, you know, the teammates all care and like we all sacrifice and give everything for the boys. Like people make an error. It's not a big deal. You got someone backing you up right there. It's you play fearless and you know, our team's amazing behind, behind me in the field. So just, takes all the pressure off. You can throw strikes and let them hit it because, you know, I'm, my guys are going to make the plays. Yeah, and you talked about it, how you were so locked in and so, on. you said, unaware of your pitch count. Is that kind of how the pressure of it works, too, when you're so locked in, you kind of put that on the back burner and don't really think about it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, playing multi-sports, I've been in big moments, whether they were actually big or not. You know, in youth football and youth sports, I think it's a big deal, but it's really not. It's just through that experience now, it's like, it's just, you know, it's the same as always. There's no pressure. It's, you're just playing the game, having fun doing it. Yeah, it's just a game at the end of the day.
Before we return to Back to the Futures, we want to share a message from our friends at Zorian Back Company. Rob Zorian started the company Zorian Back Company in 2003, literally out of the trunk of his car in Davie, Florida. Within two years, he was selling his wood bat line to Major League Baseball and continues to manufacture the highest grade wood bats for Litter League all the way up to the majors. Rob Zorian, founder and president of Zorian, says, I started the company in 2003 to service all baseball players in the United States and beyond. And after 19 years, our mission has not changed. We are very excited to have the opportunity to work with the Futures League and wish all of our players and coaches a healthy and successful season ahead. For more information about Zorian, visit their website, zorianbats.com. Zorian, America's baseball brand. Now, back to Back to the Futures. And you mentioned two sports, but you're also a two-way player in baseball, playing both shortstop and pitcher, as you mentioned. You hit 395 with 17 RBIs your senior year. That seems to be the trend these days. A lot of guys in high school are are taking the two-way route. How much of an impact do you think two-way ha- players have on the future of baseball? Yeah, I think I think it's uh, I guess like in terms of an impact, I feel like it has more in the pitching staff. It has an impact because no matter what, you're gonna have players in the field. But for them to be able to make a difference in the bullpen, it kind of changes the game a little bit with pitching and what you can do. Even if they're not an amazing pitcher, if you're up big, you can throw them to get outs. So it's kind of, I think it just like adds a whole different aspect in terms of what you can do with pitching. And uh, it's just fun doing both. And how did you decide to become a two-way and doing it first? And uh, just, I've always been like a two-way in Little League, obviously. Um, feel like it, it's definitely helps my arm strength throwing a lot. I got a high intensity from shortstop and pitching. And I've always just grinded at it. So I was lucky enough to be able to do both in high school and, and now in college. So it's uh, just like working hard, I guess. And I think you just touched upon it, but that was my next question was, do you plan to do both at college? Yeah, that's the goal, but. We'll see when we get there, whatever is best for the team. Just going to just do whatever the coach wants me to do. Yeah, of course, you got to do what the coach wants, but coach, we want him to be a two-way player. Let's get that going. <laughs> and between pitching and hitting, is there one you prefer over the other or is you're just happy to be there? What's the what's the preference there? I don't have a preference when I'm in the moment, but it's more fun being a hitter if you're like – sitting in the bullpen all day like you pitch the day before and you're not gonna pitch the next day you know you're like oh i wish i was like in the dugout like you know in the lineup but if you're on the mound versus like in the batter's box they're both just just a competitor so i love it a big storyline with milton high school the last couple years has been the dominance of two starting pitchers you guys having an incredible one two going into each year and this year was you and sophomore scott longo i wanted to ask what does it mean to not only be recognized as a top pitcher but to be able to mentor and help someone like Scott, who's a sophomore and has a couple of years left to prove that he's a top dog in that, in that high school system. Uh, yeah, I think it's, um, it's a fun experience. Like I like giving back Charlie and Brian were very instrumental and in helped me develop as a pitcher. So I'm glad to help with Scott, but he's, he's very far along for a sophomore. He doesn't, you know, he's, he knows the game well and I'll give him whatever he needs, but he's a, uh, he doesn't need much help from me. He's, he's a stud. He's going to do great things. And 
we talked about you being a two-sport athlete going into college, but in high school, you also played hockey. What was that experience like? Yeah, hockey, that was, that was a great time. Just being in the locker room, I feel like some of my closest friends were on the team there. So we we had a great time just every day just showing up, being in the locker room, competing. Hockey's awesome. So that was, that was a good, great experience. You talked about the importance earlier when balancing of resting and time in between sports. How hard was it balancing all three sports and changing from season to season? Uh, I feel the coaches made it pretty easy on me. They're flexible. They understand. And um, I feel like just showing up at school and getting all my work done there was just big on just letting me play sports after school and then getting my proper rests and everything. So uh, I think the balance pretty well between football and hockey or no, baseball and hockey was probably the hardest because I had to usually like as in junior year I'd do hockey and then I'd have to lift for football and then I'd have to go pitch and hit at night for baseball but uh we didn't have like football lifts after my senior season because that's for like the guys going into next year so it was just I guess it was a little bit easier this year but between those seasons were the hardest and Owen, I asked this in the nicest way possible. Have you ever heard of a vacation? Uh, yeah, I took one. I got to go on a Disney cruise with all my cousins back in the seventh grade. Uh, we go down to Cape like one day a year. I was I so waiting for like the, I was waiting for the, oh, the Disney cruise last year and you pull out seventh grade. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I mean, like we would go on vacations, but I'm I got summer ball every day, so. That's what I'm saying. And you're the MIA player of the year. You got a reputation to keep. Yeah. <laughs> and this past week was the MLB draft, and a number of guys that have played in the Futures League previously were drafted, and guys that were even the Rocks heard their name. And obviously the NFL draft was a couple months ago as well. What would it mean to have your name called in either one of those drafts and be one of the guys that we highlight on uh, on our graphics on social media? Yeah, that would be amazing. I mean, that's that's the goal for every kid at the end of the day. So that would be a dream come true, to, to be honest. And our final question here before we sign off, you've had a lot of good memories over the past couple of years at Milton High School, so I'm sure we'll get one of those here. But what would be your favorite all-time baseball memory if you had to choose one? Favorite all-time memory, uh, like the state championships, the Bay State championship, just dogpiling with the boys. You know, that's just uh, just a lot of fun. Just everyone's all happy, and you just you like to see the guys that work so hard just like reap the rewards and stuff. Fun, fun win championships in front of family and friends. Yeah, and you said it. The goal for you guys was always set was to win your last game, and you did. And I'm sure the the rewards of the dog piles uh, were a story in itself. Yeah. Well, Owen, this has been great. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the time, and good luck with football and baseball and whatever other sports you decide to play. And if you take a vacation, man, let us know because. Right. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. And this has been Season 7, Episode 8 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.